Hello, and welcome to the Social Disease Podcast. I'm Bridget. And I'm Jasper. So today we're going to be finishing up our coverage of season three. The last group of people we have are Marco, Terry, Paige, Spinner, Jimmy, and Hazel. A crew. A good crew. Yeah, honestly, they're like mostly a squad. Ashley kind of and Ellie kind of hop in and out. (laughs) But at least Paige, Spinner, Jimmy, and Hazel were like a core group. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah, so I think we're going to start with Jimmy and Hazel since they do the most, I mean the least, (laughs) which we're going to be talking about how they do the least. But okay, so for a summary for them, they're kind of around for most of the season. And then in the Breakfast Club episode, they're, of course, in Saturday detention together. And then Jimmy defends Hazel when Sean is like kind of taunting her, asking her why she's at Saturday detention. And Jimmy's like, oh, back off, Sean. Like, who cares what she's done? So then when everyone's on the roof, Jimmy finds, or I think Hazel finds, um, a cute little necklace. And then Jimmy puts it on her. And then they kiss and get together. And it's actually so cute. So then they're together from that point onwards. And they're going to be together for quite a while. I think they don't break up until season five. So the longevity, I am impressed. But then, at least in season three, the only other thing they do is that it's end of the school year. And Jimmy wants to make the end of year dance special for Hazel since he is going to be going to some program thing for the summer. So they're going to be apart for a couple months. But then in classic Degrassi fashion, antics ensue. Uh, it's like Bollywood night. That's the theme of the dance. So they get like typical Indian clothes, but Jimmy gets the women's clothes, the, like the, the sari instead of, I don't know what the male version is called, but it's a huge deal because Jimmy's wearing girls clothes. Oh no. <laughs> but then Billy Ray Cyrus is their limo driver. And he is a criminal, apparently, because he gets arrested. And then the school ends up burning down right when they get there. But then, while Jimmy is being all sad about the fact that he couldn't make the night good for Hazel, Hazel reassures him that she loves him and that that she only cares about him. Happily ever after. So cute. I like how throughout the season, you can kind of see them, like, slowly working towards at least being friends we we watch that happen yeah i noticed that too there were a few situations where like they're just kind of sitting next to each other and talking like i think when they're going to the beach they're like making sandwiches together they are hanging out at the dot when they're doing that play that marco wrote so they're like hanging out every now and then so like it might seem kind of random how they just kiss in the Breakfast Club episode, but if you like knowing that they're getting together, you can kind of see the build up to it. Yeah, I think I knew they were going to get together when they were walking into, I think it was the driver's ed class, or they were like teasing each other about driver's ed. And I was like, yep, that's going to happen. That's really cute. I like it. And then it did happen. Mm-hmm. And they're like both relatively normal. So like happy about it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I wish that they had more as a couple because they really don't at all, even 
in seasons four and five, which is especially problematic when Jimmy gets into a wheelchair and they don't really have to deal with that as a couple, or at least we're not shown them dealing with that as a couple. Mm-hmm. Because they are very cute together. And so I just wish that we got to like see them do more things rather than just basically being in the background. Yeah, I agree with that because they do stick it out as a couple through season four. So I don't know why they couldn't give us like a little bit more of them. I don't feel like either of them got too much. Yeah, you said neither of them got too much of plots anyway during the season. Pretty much just Jimmy probably telling Spinner he's an idiot every once in a while. But yeah, I I like them. They were they were a cute add-on. Mm-hmm. Though at the same time, since they don't do much, it did kind of feel a little bit like, oh, these are the only single characters. Let's just throw them together, you know? You felt that way? A little bit, yeah. I could see that, because especially with Hazel being Paige's best friend and Jimmy being Spinner's best friend, I guess it kind of led to it was bound to happen eventually. Yeah, because they're they're the only people in their grade, I think, who aren't coupled up in season three until they get together. Besides Marco, but he's gay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, I never even thought about that. I never, yeah. I guess Ellie too, but then she gets LaShawn as well. Wow, okay, all right. So now I'm kind of like, that makes sense that they put the only two single characters together, but it still like works. I think it's still, they work as a couple. Yeah, for sure. You could really see how much Jimmy cares for her, like as silly as the whole prom episode was. It was still cute to like see Jimmy trying so hard. I was thinking about the same situation with Allie and Dave, where Allie was leaving for like a summer program and Dave was pissed. But but it's the same exact thing here. And Hazel is just like, yeah, no big deal. I, I love you. See you soon. Well, you know how I feel about Dave. So I'm not even going to start. No, Hazel reacts like a normal person. I love when Hazel comes on screen because usually she's either giving some awesome advice or she has like a little snide remark. And I'm just like, she's great. She's just a great character. She's had great development since the beginning. Yes. Even if it's small, I still, I like her better than like Toby. <laughs> so. Yeah, because I really noticed this in this season that Jimmy and Hazel, even though they don't really have much for themselves, they are around all the time and they are fantastic friends, both of them. Yes, because you're right. They, they are around all the time, even if they don't have plots. So it's not like I didn't see this coming kind of thing. It's like you can kind of see the buildup in the background because they are in a ton of episodes. It's just they're not like the main focus. Mm-hmm. And as supporting characters, they're, they're just so great. Like Hazel is the first one to notice that Terry is getting abused and she's trying to help her out. And then Jimmy, especially in the Marco episode when he essentially finds Marco after he gets beat up. And then even before that, when he finds out that Spinner is being a total dick about Marco being gay, Jimmy goes out of his way to like include Marco with the group when Spinner is trying to ice him out. Yeah, Jimmy, he's like the best in this. He is not afraid to be like, you are doing the wrong thing. He's kind of like Emma, but he does it right. (laughs) Oh my God, that's too real. (laughs) (laughs) But I also loved his like cute friendship with Terry. Yeah, that too. That made me happy because it was 
important to her too because she's like I've been friends with Jimmy since like what like kindergarten or something it was like crazy young and he's just like there to support her as much as he can. Hazel and Jimmy are just such great friends in the season and I loved it so much. Yep they're good and I can't believe Billy Ray Cyrus made like a cameo was this the first celebrity cameo we've had in the last yeah the last two seasons I think so but also I don't think Billy Ray Cyrus was like famous famous yet no he was because he did achy breaky heart yes but that was like a one-hit wonder right he wasn't like super known by everyone until Hannah Montana I think with like the older generation, I thought maybe he, but also the older generation isn't watching Degrassi that I know of. Right. So I guess he was kind of random. Yeah. So I think if I had watched this episode when it aired, I would have had no idea who he was. I definitely didn't. I forgot he was in this until I watched it. I was like, what the hell is that Billy Ray Cyrus with an awful Southern accent, even though he's literally Southern? <laughs> like, what was that? It's fine, whatever. (laughs) The other thing, not specifically related to Jimmy and Hazel, but I wanted to talk about the Breakfast Club episode as a whole because we've kind of touched on it in all the episodes so far. So I just kind of wanted to talk about it. Sure. What about it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, how do you feel about it? Like, have you ever seen The Breakfast Club? Um, Like a long time ago. I think every show does a breakfast club episode like kind of a thing like one tree hill did it dawson's creek did it like there's always an episode where there's a saturday detention they pick the five random kids put them together they like kiss in the library run around the school so it was like it was cute it was definitely something that degrassi could pull off because they it takes place in a school so it works out yeah like i only saw the breakfast club for the first time like a year ago so like I always knew the episode was a Breakfast Club homage, but I didn't really know the references and stuff. So like seeing this episode for the first time since I've seen the movie was kind of cool to like see how each character related to the movie characters. Cause like, I, I really love, I guess the concept of bringing in different characters. Like I think you say that a lot with like, oh, I love when characters who you wouldn't normally expect to interact, like talk to each other. Yeah, because if you think about it, what does Toby have in common with literally any of these characters? Nothing besides Jimmy having dated Ashley. Mm-hmm. And Hazel being there, super random. But it makes sense now because, well, first of all, her reason was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> was that, what, was she looking up porn or something on the school computer? Yeah. <laughs> so ridiculous. I love it. But yeah, it works out because her and Jimmy get together there which is cute. Yeah, I liked how it wasn't a self-contained episode. Like, I feel like even when shows do an homage episode that it's like a one done, but like pretty much all the characters leave the episode having learned something and having developed and that isn't left behind in the future episodes. I think Degrassi is good with that because another one that comes to mind is like when they do Christmas episodes, it's like you think it could just be like a holiday episode, but then like Craig like has two girlfriends (laughs) you know it's like they do a really good job at working the plot into ideas like that and then also just thinking for the future I thought the breakfast club episode was great 
foreshadowing for Mr. Radich with how he's not a great principal, which is very important next season. I think how he handles Sean and Jay in general just shows that he is not a great principal, but I don't, I don't like saying that. Like it's, it's rough, but cause you don't want to like blame a principal for something that happens like that. But I, we'll talk about Rick more in season four, but Radich. Yeah. This def he was definitely not great. <laughs> he was working out in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was thinking specifically of the scene where Simpson is talking to Radich at the Saturday detention. And he's like, these are just kids calm down. And obviously he doesn't calm down. <laughs> No, he's, he's not great. And it makes sense why he ends up stepping down in the future or getting fired. I forget what happens, but either way he leaves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's move on to Miss Terry McGregor. Uh, big season for her. Yes. So trigger warning, we're going to be discussing Terry's abuse by Rick. So just general trigger warning for domestic and relationship abuse. So for a summary for her, the season starts out where Terry has a secret admirer. She's getting roses on her locker. And at first she has no idea who it is until Toby starts kind of creeping on her for a while, trying to suss out if she's psychic or not. But once she realizes that it's not Toby, she finds out that it is Rick and they get together. So then they're dating for a while and then it's English class and they're doing like this play thing and Jimmy is the director and Rick is trying to be very controlling of uh, not only Terry, but especially Terry uh, with regards to like how she acts and like who she gets to talk to in the play. And then he's also trying to control like what she eats at the dot being like, have a salad. It's the healthier option. So then it eventually gets very dark and he becomes abusive. At first he grabs her and then he slaps her when she kind of calls him out for trying to control her. So at first Terry tries to hide it, but then I think after the third time she is like, oh, I can't deal with this. And then she leaves him and she doesn't accept his apology. So then they're broken up for a while. And then Rick comes back into Terry's life when she's feeling a little lonely that now she's the only single friend in her friend group since now Jimmy is with Hazel, Paige is with Spinner. So she reconnects with Rick and she takes him on like their friend trip to like this picnic area. I don't even know what it is. But then everyone is rightfully concerned about Rick being there with Terry. So Paige kind of gets into a fight with Terry and Paige kind of makes Rick angry, makes him run off, and then makes Terry angry, making her run off after him, which then of course leads to Rick pushing Terry and her head hitting a rock and she goes into a coma. So then everyone is freaking out about this, especially Paige and Spinner kind of take over once Terry is in the coma. They're, they're kind of grieving and feel really guilty about the whole situation. And then Spinner at one point even almost beats Rick up when he's getting his stuff from his locker, leaving the school for the year, I guess. So yeah, like Terry's in a coma at this point and everyone kind of feels guilty about the whole situation. But then some time passes and then Terry goes through surgery and she wakes up. And then once she wakes up, we don't really ever hear from her again. Like 
It's never actually stated in an episode what happens to her, but there is a deleted scene in season four where Mr. Radich says that she just transferred to a different school. So that's really the last we hear of Terry, unfortunately. She really got blackballed. That's the term, right? <laughs> Black hold. Black hold. <laughs> Blackballed. <laughs> Wrong. Okay. Yikes. Yeah. Terry's got a rough one. I was so happy for her that she like finally had a boyfriend and like someone who was treating her right at least at first because the secret admirer thing was actually pretty cute. Yeah, it was cute. And I mean, like Rick is all right. He's like another quiet, like nerdy guy and Terry is a gorgeous model, but all right, I guess we can, (laughs) we can deal with it. I didn't suspect anything at first. Obviously that's how these these things go but as you watch you can like slowly see the abusive behavior come out and it's just like you want to tell her that she can do better than this but it's so hard yeah like there is really good build-up throughout that whole episode to like build up to him hitting her I basically said in the summary that he's just overly jealous of Jimmy trying to like control who she hangs out with so like those are the very classic like abuse symptoms and then rick himself is like a very classic incel i feel it's so funny because i keep hearing that word but i like don't know what it means and my friend today called rick an incel as well so (laughs) i now i think i kind of have a general idea but when i think what pissed me off the most was when he ordered her a salad that was like it for me. I was like, absolutely not. If I ever sat down in a place and a man said, salad with what, no dressing? What am I, a rabbit? Hell no. That is, I would literally rather drink dressing than eat salad, but I have to, you know, <laughs> meet somewhere in the middle. Yeah, like Jimmy has this like really like funny look when Rick says that, like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Then I think even Marco says like, who craves a salad? <laughs> Oh, it's, I don't know. It's just like that little thing. Cause like jealousy, I feel like sometimes can go either way. People are like, oh, like that's so cute that you're jealous or like whatever. But the food thing, nope. Immediately I was like red flag. Well, even the jealous thing, he was being insanely jealous. You can't hang out with Jimmy anymore, which like controlling who your significant other can and can't see is abuse. I know. And I don't love the apologizing and the gifts, but it's like, that's definitely what happens in those scenarios. Yeah. Like, I think they chose Terry for this plot because like, she's the, I guess, stereotypically insecure character. Oh, she has always wanted a boyfriend. So she's going to accept like being abused because she doesn't want to be alone. But honestly, I didn't really feel much insecurity from Terry here. Like, she is very open to call Rick out on his bullshit. I think with the whole play thing, she's like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, you're the one who embarrassed me by with all your stupid suggestions. So, like, she was trying with him, but then she was like, no, this isn't working. You're a dick. That play thing, I got such horrible secondhand embarrassment I only watched it once I could not watch it more than once where she just like goes to the front of the stage and is like wheezing I'm like oh my god 
like whoa she, and she was doing so good before that so I was like what the heck why did she even like I don't know he obviously was not normal but then he like did the cute things to try to make up for it so it's like a balance but it's tough because she did call him out but he still hurt her and she still stayed and that's what like is painful so I don't even think that she necessarily stayed like the I think it was like three instances of him hurting her like I think grabbing an arm slapping her and then pushing her against the wall right yeah those three incidents were over the course of like two days really I think so yeah oh I didn't realize because I thought it was at least over like a week maybe longer It, it wasn't it wasn't more than a few days I don't think like excessive that's that's awful Yes, she did stay through, like, the first two incidents, but also, as bad as this kind of is to say, I feel like most people would let, like, one or two incidents slide, right? Yeah. I mean, like, it's easier to rationalize. Oh, I must have done something wrong. Because doesn't she do that? Doesn't she try to be like, well, I was... Yeah, she's like, he's so sensitive, I need to not hurt his feelings type of thing. That's what I say to that. (laughs) Yeah. So like, I feel like even though it's bad, even one time getting abused, like, I feel like most people wouldn't break off their relationship after once or twice or even twice, just because at that point, it's not a pattern. So you could genuinely believe that it's going to be a one-off type of situation and that it won't happen again. Yeah. I think that her staying or her like not leaving definitely is a better representation because like they could have done a one and done they could have done like he pushed her and she was like I say no to this relationship and then leave and then like never see Rick again you know like it could have been that but they love to escalate things in Degrassi to the most extreme and they did this by putting Terry in a freaking coma yeah it was a lot It kind of seems like they're punishing her for trying to make this relationship work. And I know that they're just trying to show the like extreme end of it. It just like is so sad. Well, mostly I think they were just kind of showing how Terry is a bit naive. Like, so I thought they were trying to aim for like, if you're an abusive relationship and you stay, you could end up in a coma too. Yeah, I guess that is kind of the overarching message. But like, from Terry's perspective, she is in 10th grade, and she's the sweetest little thing you ever did see. I feel like she's just naive. And that's why she even lets the one or two incidents slide. And then when Rick comes back, she wants to get back together with him because he says that he had gotten help and such. Yeah. Okay. It is true that they definitely picked her because she's quote-unquote insecure even though you're right she does kind of stand up it's a weird thing yeah she even stands up against Paige too so like Terry's like very secure in like who her friends are how she feels about herself and such especially like compared to season one like season one Terry would not have left Rick at all yes very true you could really see how much Terry has grown over the past few years but then you Again, Terry's just like a 15-year-old girl and she's just naive and she sees the best in people. As great as this plot is, 
Like, I think it's a, like a similar thing how they should have continued with it. Even if they were planning on getting Terry off the show, they should have like had her have an episode explaining why she's doing that rather than just saying it in a deleted scene that she transferred. Yeah, they could have even had her be like in the hospital saying like, I'm not going to come back to Degrassi because I know that Rick is coming, is going back there. So I would feel more comfortable, you know, if I go somewhere else, like that's it done. You know, then it explains like Rick can come back because they can't say no, but she can leave. Like, there you go. We, I just made up an episode. They're done. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Because even the message that that sends with just like writing her into the black hole, like that isn't really good for like a, abuse victims watching the show, right? Being like, oh, you could get terribly abused and get into a coma and then just have no closure or like no, not that you necessarily need to win quote unquote over your abuser, but like kind of how Paige does in season four that you kind of have a moral victory kind of thing. Terry doesn't even get that to like show how she has grown past this situation. Do you know why she was black holed? No, even the actress has talked about how she has no idea, especially like she's the first character to be written off the show, essentially. Oh, wow. Right? Out of, out of the whole squad of seventh and eighth graders in season one, she's the first one of them to leave the show. I'm wondering if it's because they knew they wanted to explore Paige and her abuser in season four and they didn't want to do two at one time. Well, but as great as the school shooting plot is, it's not complete if you don't see Terry's reaction. That's very true. The fact that Rick is inexplicably connected to Terry and that's essentially what starts him on the path to becoming a school shooter the fact that Terry isn't even around to see what her perspective is on what the school shooting is, and especially the fact that Jimmy is her good friend and is the victim of this, like, it's just not complete without Terry being there. That's a really good point, especially since Rick dies. So it would be great to know, like, what is her point of view on her abuser dying also? Like, that would have been a fantastic character arc for Terry. Like, even going into future seasons if she stays on till graduation. That's so strange. We should totally reach out to her actress and be like, hey, want to come on our show and talk about what you think they could have done with Terry? You know, this is like almost, <laughs> what, 20 years ago? Oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I think the popular opinion is that she was written off the show because they didn't think she was a great actress, but I don't know how true that is necessarily. I think she got better with time for sure. Like I think by season three, she had it down. Yeah, I don't think she was really bad or anything, but it could also just be that she wasn't good for ratings. So they just killed her off. Well, she didn't die, but. Yeah, because it's important to point out that this is like the first time in the show that a character is in like a life-threatening situation. Like characters before this have been in like dangerous situations before, like Emma and the pedophile or I guess Craig and his dad even. But this is the first time that like 
a character might actually die. And it's like, you know how with these types of episodes, you see the whole school's reaction to what happened. So this is kind of the first time that we see that type of thing. So to only show that like she she woke up, like she's not in a coma, see you never. Like that's just a disservice to the storyline that they set up in the first place that they like built it up just to not follow through with it. And then it's a disservice to the character too. Like it's a disservice to Terry who people have, I'm sure formed an emotional attachment to over the past three seasons. Yeah, especially since what happened to her was so traumatic. Like that was really, that's like if, they did this to like Paige, like if Paige and like when she was raped, that happened and then they just never had her on the show again. <laughs> You'd be like, what the hell? Where did she go? Also, like, wasn't Terry's last scene with Ashley and Ashley like running away out of the hospital room and then they just, we never see her again? Yeah, like we see Terry being like, Ashley, I missed you. And then Ashley runs away after she sees Terry's head wound. It's so awful. I hate that. It's so sad. But overall, the whole plot with Rick was, I think it was a decent plot to have. I think it was important, especially like in high school, there are scenarios where there are like abusive relationships and it's easy to like let the first thing slide and then let the second thing slide. But it's like, how much are you going to let go until you leave? And Terry left, but then they kind of showed how easy it is to go back. They do a really good job in the early seasons with this stuff. Yeah, for sure. I just wish they followed through. I know. Oh, Terry, you deserve better. Yes, because this is this is our goodbye to Terry too. No, I I was thinking at the end of like the season's episodes, we sh- we have to like list which characters like never come back again. <laughs> <laughs> and Terry, uh, Terry's gonna be one of them. I'm gonna miss her. Everybody treated her so poorly. It was so rough. <laughs> like like Ashley was awful. Hazel was good. I'll stick by Hazel for that. Paige was a good friend most of the time, too. Yeah, Paige, Paige wasn't bad either. Okay, so it was just Ashley that treated her so poorly. <laughs> yeah, so I guess goodbye, Terry. I'll miss you. Goodbye, Terry. Okay, so now I guess we're going into Spinner and Paige, uh, right before we go into Marco. So a summary for them. So they have the classic locker plot that we love to hate, where (laughs) it's the beginning of the school year and Paige hates her locker. So Spinner does a whole bunch of things for people to switch lockers. He like switches with Hazel and he tries to switch with Jimmy. But then Jimmy like tries to get him to embarrass himself to switch the locker. So he says that he's whipped in front of everyone in class, which obviously pisses Paige off. So even though Spinner got the locker, Paige is now mad at him, but they make up because they care about each other and Spinner did a nice thing in his own Spinner way. So then the next thing is the prank war between JT and Spinner because Spinner doesn't want JT being around, even though Paige is actually friends with him. And then they eventually just call a truce and accept that JT is going to be around for a little bit. So then next is that they are taking a driver's ed course and Paige gets a little crush on the driver's ed instructor. 
and Spinner gets very jealous about it and he ends up crashing the car while he's yelling at the driver's ed instructor to keep his hands off his girlfriend. And yeah, they eventually say that Spinner was way too jealous, but Paige probably should not have had a crush on someone else. And they make up. Then the next thing is, again, with Terry, where they feel really guilty about the whole situation now that she's in a coma. And they kind of lead the effort, I guess, to kind of get a card for Terry and Spinner also almost beats up Rick. And then the episode kind of ends with like, oh, poor Terry. And then the last thing they do is that they decide to play hooky for a day because they are sick of school. So Paige decides to bring Ashley along because she has been in the funk, which Spinner is not happy about. And then they go through a whole day together. Ashley's being a mope. And then Paige calls her out on her bullshit. And then Ashley plays Elvis for a little bit, which makes her happy for some reason. And then Paige and Spinner ride off into the sunset. Nice. <laughs> Love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, Paige and Spinner, like they don't really do anything super intense this season, especially compared to last season for Paige. So it's kind of interesting that all of their plots are kind of silly. They are also always around similar to Jimmy and Hazel like they're always around as supporting characters for everybody else yeah I think it's kind of like a nice break from the trauma that Paige had endured the last season and it's also kind of like cute that they get this opportunity to kind of like build as a couple but I don't know do you feel like they're a couple I feel like they're one of the couples that like they're just, I don't know, they don't feel like a natural couple to me. You mean you don't cringe every time they call each other honeybee? <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it just seems like, I think it's because I know eventually Paige moves on to like Alex. And for some reason, they make way more sense to me than like Paige and Spinner. So maybe that's why in my head, I'm like, I know eventually Paige is going to be happy with Alex. Paige definitely is a type because Alex and Spinner are kind of similar. But I don't know, to, to start though, I want to say that Spinner going through all that effort to get Paige that locker is the most effort I've ever seen a man in high school put into a relationship. It was a lot and he like did a lot and like, yeah, it was stupid to embarrass himself in front of the class, but he like had good intentions. And I think that's where I was like, okay, Spinner is going to be decent this season, which didn't really get reflected because he was kind of an, he was an ass to Marco, but regarding Paige, he was like, okay. Yeah. He was pretty sweet with her overall. Like again, the, the fact that it was over a locker is very stupid. And I think this is actually the last locker plot that we have to talk about. <laughs> so that's oh, exciting. No. <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> but yeah, I agree that like, I, I do think they're a cute couple overall. They're very classic high school, I feel. I definitely think that they're the it couple of the season. That was definitely their intentions. They are definitely the it couple. Because I think before that, I felt like they were trying to make Jimmy and Ashley the it couple and then I guess season two was 
I don't know. Who is the it couple in season two? Sean and Emma? Yeah, so then this this is definitely them. This season is Paige and Spitter because they make it through the entire season. They have some drama with like the driver's ed thing, but otherwise they're pretty cute, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like even though the locker plot is dumb, it does kind of establish how they are as a couple for the rest of the season. Like Spinner is just going to be the lovable dumbass and Paige is going to be the one who's actually kind of leading the relationship. And I think their relationship works well that way when Paige is in charge. Because we'll see in season four how it flips and just doesn't work out when Spinner is the one that, like, I guess kind of wears the pants or whatever. We'll, we'll get there. But right now, where, like, Spinner worships Paige, it makes it, it just makes sense. For sure. And, like, their problems are kind of silly, but it is nice to kind of see them talk through their issues in a more mature way. Like, even though Spinner was being a dumbass, and Paige, well, I guess it's not really her fault that she found the driver's ed teacher attractive, but I don't know. But yeah, it was cute to kind of see them healthily talk through the issues as opposed to like other couples would just break up. <laughs> yeah, and we know Spinner thinks the one of the teachers is hot. I can't say her name. <laughs> Miss Hatsalakos. Thank you. Yeah, we know he thinks she's hot. So it's like not the end of the world that Paige thinks the driver's ed teacher is hot. It's just so funny that Spinner overreacts and literally crashes a car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the hooky episode was cute too, just to... I mean, Spinner was being a dick to Ashley, but like when Spinner was just like, I just want to go mini golfing with my girlfriend, I was like, aw. And I kind of see where he's coming from because he really wanted to like have this great day off and he knew Ashley was kind of down about everything. So I'm sure going into it, he knew Ashley was going to act this way. And then when she did act this way, he was like, you got to be kidding me. And then when Paige finally like said something like, thank God, because it's true. Like it's the end of the season, Ashley, come on, get it together. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like even though Paige and Spinner don't really have too much, they are also great supporting characters. Like Paige is a good friend to Ashley, even though she's kind of tough love in that episode, but she's also a good friend to Terry and even Ellie when Ellie is hurting herself. And she's not even friends with Ellie, so. And it's funny because I think their intentions were to make Paige, like, the main bitch. You know, like, she's going to be this, like, bitchy, popular girl. But then, like, it just totally turns around and she is, you know, bitchy when she wants to be. But otherwise, she's, like, a really good friend or a good person to all these people who are struggling with so many things. It's like, go Paige. Stepping Mm -hmm. it up as opposed to Spinner, who's awful to Marco. We're going to talk about him with Marco. But yeah, he's awful to Marco. And then he's kind of good to Craig, even though he's egging him on with cheating on Ashley. Yeah, he's weird with Craig. I think we kind of talked about it where he was like, well, I really like Paige. So like, I would never do that to Paige. But it makes sense that you're doing it because you don't even know if you like Ashley. And it's like, Spinner... (laughs) I don't know. I don't know about that. It's a little bit of a stretch. Mm -hmm. What did you think about the scene with like Terry's dad? 
that was just really sad, honestly, because obviously the lesson there is, is to tell an adult. <laughs> but also, like, I feel like if you're not, like, a close family friend, you're not going to tell an adult about those types of things. Yeah. I was thinking it makes sense that her dad snapped at them and then, like, but he did apologize, which was good. But I also think that car scene that they had between the two of them where Paige kind of just like has a breakdown and Spinner's like, I don't think this is the right time for us to like sleep together. Cause I think that's kind of what Paige was like hoping to cope with. Mm -hmm. And then she like blames Spinner and the Spinner's like, this is literally not my fault. It was just kind of necessary because they really are going through this horrible thing that they feel guilty about and they don't know how to like deal with it. And it like, kind it's not, it's not their fault but I can see why they would think it is. Yeah, for sure. Like, I did think that car scene was a little weird. Like, I wasn't really sure what Paige was trying to accomplish by losing her virginity to Spinner. In the oh, I think it was just car. like a distraction, like a coping, like, distraction. Like, I need to do something that's going to take my mind off of this. And like, Spinner, don't you love me? Like, that kind of thing. I think it happens in times of like, stress I guess I don't know I've seen it in other shows where like girls get really upset and then they're like let's do this and the guy's like no let's not so I don't know could have been just like a let's show spinners a good guy kind of scene yeah because then they go ahead and have him almost beat up Rick and be like I'm just as bad as him I almost was violent which in that case I wish he beat up Rick I don't feel bad at all like I think that he reacted in a totally I mean, like, should you not? I don't know. I think that Spinner should have kicked Rick's ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's essentially what he does next season, and it's not okay. No, I know. But in that case, I don't know. Because Spinner's friends with Terry, would you not want to kick the ass of somebody you put your friend in a coma? Be yeah. honest. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Would I win? No. <laughs> would I try? <laughs> Maybe. I think you would win against Rick. Oh, yeah, against Rick. Forget it. I'd be like, knock those glasses off. Just kind of like what Jay does in season four. I just started watching season four, so I'm like <laughs> ready to go. <laughs> yeah. I agree that this whole spinner page part of the Terry plot was interesting and was kind of cool to see the guilty aspect. And it made sense for Paige. I didn't really feel it made too much sense for Spinner because he hasn't really interacted with Terry much since he dumped her in season one. So I was kind of feeling like maybe it could have gone to Hazel since she was the one who was suspicious of the abuse in the first place. I thought that would have been a just as good character to kind of have the aftermath with rather than Paige and Spinner. Oh, that's a good thought. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I I could definitely see how that would have worked out. I think that they just wanted Paige and Spinner to have more as like a couple. And it kind of is this like trauma experience that they both had together. And it leads to Spinner in season four having a reason to bully the shit out of Rick. Because if he like wasn't as involved, I don't think he would have bullied Rick as much. Yeah, for sure. I'm just kind of thinking, like, give Hazel more. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. No, I totally, all three of them, why not? 
Like that would have been fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause even, even Jimmy would have been good because he didn't like Rick either in the theater scenes. Yeah, that's true. I think some of their actions make sense now for like what happens in season four because Jimmy does eventually like become more forgiving. So I think if he was too aggressive in season three, it wouldn't have been able to turn around later. Hazel though, easily could have could have done that. We could have put Hazel in the in the trio and she could have went on the hooky day too. Like how fun would that have been? That's true. You totally would have put Ashley in her place and been like, knock it off. <laughs> yeah, just like get the whole squad to skip school. That would have been fun. Oh, okay. Alternative Degrassi world. <laughs> but yeah, Spinner and Paige overall, they're enjoyable. And we, I think, I'm sure we both have thoughts about Spinner with Marco. <laughs> but as, as a couple, Paige and Spinner are, I really enjoy them in season three. I like them. The chemistry is still iffy for me, but I will buy it for now. <laughs> okay, so let's finish off with Marco Del Rossi. So Marco has a really big season. That's essentially why we're ending with him. He's still kind of sort of dating Ellie, but not really. And when everyone goes on the beach day, Ellie is like, yeah, we're over. I'm not pretending anymore. And then everyone finds out and Marco was super embarrassed. And then Paige's gay brother, Dylan, comforts him with it. And Marco ends up getting a massive crush on him. And it's actually the cutest thing I've ever seen because Marco like wears a hockey jersey to kind of connect with Dylan because he's a hockey star. But then Spinner being Marco's friend at this point is like, oh, fuck Ellie. I'm going to set you up with Hazel so that we could go on double dates. But then when they're on their date with the dot, Ellie walks in and kind of gives Marco this look, which kind of makes Marco realize he can't essentially do the same thing that he did with Ellie with Hazel. And he, he leaves the date in a very awkward way and then Spinner chases after him and asks what the fuck is going on. And then Marco has the most angsty coming out scene ever. <laughs> and he tells Spinner that he's gay. Which then leads to Spinner trying to ice Marco out of the group because he does not want to be friends with a gay guy. So everyone's supposed to be going to Dylan's ice hockey game. And Marco decides to go separately for whatever reason. I think he said he didn't want to experience Spinner eating pizza, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Um, but anyway, he ends up walking through the gay village to get to the hockey rink. And he ends up getting gay bashed by some disgusting people. And before they could really do like anything too harmful to him, the cops catch them and they run away. And then at the same time, Jimmy is out looking for Marco because Marco had like a couple seconds on his phone to tell Jimmy where he was. And then Jimmy, he's he's already kind of saved at this point, but Jimmy kind of comforts him when he is like super shaken up, which is very understandable. So then the next day, 
Spinner is still trying to ice Marco out. He's like, oh, he deserved it for walking alone at night and all that bullshit. And he's also like kind of telling everybody that Marco's gay and kind of outing him to the whole school. Like he wrote, Marco is a slur on the bathroom wall. And then Marco eventually like, is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You're just as bad as the hate crimers or the, the guys who beat me up. And that's essentially how that episode ends with Spinner being like, how could you compare me to them? I would never do that. So then from there, the next thing with Marco slash Spinner is that Jamie invites them all to sleep over over the weekend so that they could study together. And then of course they end up watching porn, which <laughs> I still don't understand why friends watch porn together, but whatever. Uh, and then Spinner is being super weird about the fact that like Marco was watching the guys in the porn. <laughs> and then like Spinner starts choking on his food <laughs> and doesn't want Marco to save his life, <laughs> which was ridiculous. But yeah, eventually Spinner is like, Marco, stop coming on to me. And then Marco's like, you're not cute. Calm down. <laughs> then Spinner's like, wow, okay. <laughs> so then Spinner kind of gets over himself and he stops being so awful to Marco. And it all kind of culminates where Marco, of course, has a huge crush on Dylan and Spinner realizes this, as does everybody else. So Spinner kind of tries to set Dylan and Marco up on a date, which ends up working. And then they, they end up going on their date and there are a couple hiccups along the way. Marco is terrified of these. He wears an ugly fedora. And then of course, Marco's parents end up finding them on the date after the movies and invite them to dinner. And then Marco's dad is being a homophobic asshole to the waiter and just in general. So Dylan ends up leaving, but then Dylan and Marco end up making up and they get together at the end. Super cute. And that's kind of how the season ends for Marco. Okay, I have so many, uh, so many things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> First, starting from like the beginning, beginning, where like Ellie is my mood at the beach and everything. <laughs> totally fair for her to want to like stop pretending to be his girlfriend. We knew at the end of season two that this was not going to be a long-term thing. She was like, I'll help you out for a little bit. But by this point, it was probably the entire summer. (laughs) So she was like, I'm ready. And plus also, how is she supposed to date if everyone thinks she's dating Marco? (laughs) Not that that was her intention, but I get it. She was being a good friend. But it was kind of cool to see like them end, but then also introduce Dylan at the same time. Now, my question for you is, what is your like opinion on Dylan in this season? Because I know later Dylan turns out to be kind of a douche. <laughs> so what is your opinion on him now? Yeah, I definitely have many thoughts on him after season three, but in season three, I really like him. He's very cute and he's a very good friend to Marco even before they get together. And he's just very charming and such. And, like, I get why Marco would have a crush on him. Like, even if, like, they didn't mesh as a couple. Like, at least for me, the first time I met another gay guy, I had the biggest crush, even though (laughs) I was not compatible with him at all. So, like, I'm sure it was the same thing with Marco. Like, wow, there's there's another one? (laughs) I will put all my feelings onto you. 
plus Dylan's like super cute and he's older and can drive and like I don't know I was totally into it too and not because it was the only other like gay character that was introduced I really did feel like they kind of were going to work out well plus I liked that they had mentioned like that he existed before this you know like there was when Paige and Ashley have that weird encounter when Paige is literally like my brother's gay and then like yeah. we get to meet him <laughs> so mm-hmm. that was kind of nice yeah and I'm glad they gave Marco someone to kind of like work through this at like the beach and stuff just a side note about the beach I don't know if you could tell but like it was a disgusting day at the beach <laughs> what do you mean like like just how it's filmed like you could tell it's like a dreary day oh yeah the weather I mean didn't seem great but yeah but like in like every interview that I've seen of the like of like Marco's actor or Spinner's actor they always talk about how awful that day at the beach was with filming <laughs> like it was apparently raining what That's and like so they, funny. yeah they've talked about this like multiple times over the past like 15 years <laughs> so it's really funny how it's kind of like a thing that like yes this is a historical moment that we had an awful beach filming day <laughs> That's hilarious because I'm sure they could have found another day to do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, overall, I do like, I agree with how they introduced Dylan. Like, Marco was so cute where he wears a hockey jersey to impress him. And then also, even regardless of the, oh, look, another gay guy type of thing, they did work well together because Dylan was just being a good friend when. Ellie kind of dropped the bomb that they broke up and then even uh, it's the scene with Jay where Jay is being a homophobic douche and then Dylan kind of stands up to him so that was kind of badass so it's like someone both to look up to as like kind of a someone who's been through it before but also just a cutie (laughs) to have a crush on yeah and now that I'm thinking about it that scene with Paige and Ashley was in season one because that's when Ashley's dad came out so Dylan must have been out for like this whole time you know so he's like confident in himself and you see that which is exactly what Marco needs especially when he has the most homophobic friend on the freaking planet who doesn't this is where it it's like rough because Spinner has a decent season with Paige but then has an awful side with Marco. And it's hard to kind of split those apart because it's hard to like somebody who's homophobic, <laughs> you yeah, know? Sure. I want to talk about like the setting up the double date thing because Spinner is genuinely being like, I guess, a good friend at this point. I mean, he is kind of forcing Hazel on Marco when he doesn't really seem into it, but like his intentions are in the right place at least. So just like that whole double date scene where then Ellie shows up and gives him this look is so interesting to me because it just kind of makes Marco realize that like again he would be doing the same exact thing with Hazel and like he is literally incapable of like not being who he is like I know like a lot of times gay people are better at like closeting themselves I guess like me for instance I am unable to like not talk about how much I love Lady Gaga or Ariana Grande. So like that obviously led to many people in high school being like, are you gay? And I was like, uh, no, (laughs) JK. (laughs) 
so went like, to that Glee concert totally yeah. that yeah. yeah so like it, it was it's kind of obvious for certain people and Marker was definitely one of those people that like it's not super easy for him to hide his true self not that it's good or bad doing it either way like everyone has their own coming out journey but like obviously with Marco like he couldn't pretend like he was physically incapable of like being something that he wasn't and Ellie kind of giving him that look kind of affirmed that for him yeah absolutely I also felt kind of like the disappointment too from her because she you know she did him a favor she was like it's your turn now like you need to be able to do this on your own like I can't and then she turns around and he's doing it with another girl and she's like you gotta be kidding me and Hazel is totally into Marco too which kind of like sucks because he's like not like playing her but the intentions there are iffy also do you think Spinner did this out of the kindness of his heart or do you think Spinner was like kind of assuming Marco was gay and then trying to like push him in the direction of being straight because I kind of felt like Spinner knew but didn't want to admit it so that's why he's like let's go like go out with Hazel it'd be great like you need a girl yeah that's a good point because I think Paige brings up like Dylan thinks Marco might be gay and then Spinner's like no way so yeah it does kind of make sense from that perspective that he's like trying to force Marco to be straight yeah and you can kind of see that as it continues also well, obviously, when he is super awful to Marco. Yeah. But first with the Ellie thing, I just wanted to circle back to that. I'm a little conflicted about her because it's perfectly fine that she broke up with Marco. Like, it's not fair of Marco to kind of make her pretend. But at the same time, she shouldn't really force him to kind of be out, if that makes sense. Like... She's technically doing like the right thing by like saying you should be yourself because that's what everyone should do. But at the same time, it's not really considering how hard it could be to actually come out. Like, especially Marco, we know his parents are homophobic, not at this point, but it's not as easy to come out as just saying like, oh, I'm just gonna be out and proud now, you know? So while Ellie was being like a good friend, it also maybe wasn't the best thing as like, being an ally I guess like recognizing the nuances of the situation I don't I mean I'm not trying to like defend her because if that is how it was going then like that's totally not okay I was thinking more along the lines of she broke up with him and was hoping he would either like explore who he is as himself or whatever I don't think she expected him to jump into another relationship with a girl like the next day I think that's probably why she was like disappointed, but it also isn't her place to decide whether, yeah, you're right, like to decide whether or not he should come out. But I do also understand why she didn't want to be involved in that anymore because it is a lot of pressure to be a fake girlfriend. And then there is also all of that with like Marco not like kissing her in or being affectionate and like all that stuff. And I'm sure it was also still harder because she like did have feelings for Marco at some point you know yeah so it kind of sucks to be dating a guy that you liked that like will never actually like you back yeah for sure so yeah I'm conflicted like of course it all ended up being okay in the end but like Ellie 
just in this specific situation, I'm just like, she did the right thing overall, but could have maybe gone about it a little bit differently to be the best friend to Marco that she could have been. Yeah, I agree. I think sometimes from the perspective of someone who like myself, I would be like, Jasper, like, why can't you just come out to everyone? Like, I accept you. But it's it's hard to remember that there are people who won't. And that's the problem are those people. And that's like obviously Spinner <laughs> right now being the worst. Yeah, like I just really feel for Marco when Spinner is just icing him out. Pisses me off. It's just hard to lose a friend in the first place, but then it's hard to lose a friend and then have them actively be terrible to you. Yeah, and I'm glad that his other friends didn't go along with it. Like, I'm glad that Jimmy was like, Spinner, get your head out of your ass. Like, chill out. Marco is fine to hang out with, like, all that stuff. And then I love the scene where Marco's like, I'm literally not attracted to you. You're ugly. Like, calm yourself. (laughs) Yeah, like... I have an interesting thought about Spinner being so homophobic. It's interesting how intent he is with being homophobic. Like, he's very pointed with, like, his homophobia. So it kind of feels like there might be a few hints that Spinner might be dealing with some gay feelings himself. Like, the, the biggest... I guess example of this is in the sleepover episode when Spinner kind of has a look when Marco is changing his clothes. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah. But obviously like you don't need to be secretly gay to be a homophobe. Like sometimes people are just homophobic because they're terrible people. But it, I feel like there are some undertones that could kind of suggest that Spinner might be dealing with some gay feelings himself. Because like, He says that Marco is his best friend and then society is saying that you can't be friends with a gay guy or that will make you gay. So like if he accepts Marco in like his mind, it could be like, oh, that can mean that I'm accepting those innate gay feelings in myself too. I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean like they don't obviously explore that ever in the future. I don't know, because part of me just thinks Spinner cares about what people think a lot. So I feel like somewhere inside, he's like, if people know that I'm friends with Marco, like they're going to think I'm gay and I'm not gay. I don't want people to think I'm gay because being gay is bad. Like it just goes back to his like ridiculous homophobia. But I also am confused as to why he isn't so full of like hate towards Dylan. Because, like, he doesn't really say anything about Dylan, right? I think he makes, like, a snide comment and then Dylan gives him a look or something like that at the beach. I think he says something about other people and then Dylan gives... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just as weird because I also feel like if I were Paige, I would have dumped Spinner so fast if I found out that he was being homophobic to someone when, like, my brother is gay. Right. I was thinking about that too. I think Paige says to Spinner, I I had to deal with Dylan. Like, it's hard, I know, but you have to deal with Marco too. But she doesn't really do anything more than that. And Spinner continues to be awful to Marco long past that scene. So it is interesting for Paige. Like, I do think that Paige would have been harder on him, but they did want to have 
kind of Spinner grow more naturally rather than just having his girlfriend do it for him. Yeah, I think part of me wishes there were more consequences for him being so awful. Like if Paige broke up with him, that would have been a consequence for him acting this way. But there really isn't anything that comes back to him for being a bad friend and also being homophobic, right? Like it's kind of Marco, the one that who keeps getting punished for being gay and Spinner's just egging on this like awful behavior. Yeah. Spinner does definitely grow throughout the season. But for sure, like all he really got was his friends being like, stop being a dick. And that's really all that happened to him. Yeah, I will shout out to Jimmy for being awesome as usual. I didn't realize how good Jimmy is, I guess. I I think the one issue I had was with him being awful to Ashley. Out of every scene he's had, I think that was the, the worst. But from there on, I think that Jimmy's just been like a pretty decent person. And I didn't even realize then he gets shot. It's like shoot spinner. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, what what did you think about, I guess, the whole hate crime part of the episode? Okay, so my first thought was, how did they know Marco was gay? Because I personally, like, I don't know, just by looking at him, I never would have been like, hey, this kid is, is gay. So that was kind of weird. I was like, why would they just jump this random kid and, like, assume he's gay and he just happens to be gay? Awful to watch but really glad Jimmy like showed up and like comforted him like a good friend. But I also was kind of like, what was the point of that? I don't know. So first off, Marco was just walking from the gay village, I guess. So they were just waiting for somebody to come from that part of town, maybe. To oh, I think I missed. Okay. I definitely forgot about that. Cause I was like, where did they even like come from? How did they assume he was gay? Like what was happening? Okay. So if he was walking from there, all right, whatever. These awful people assume, sure, okay. And then they just jump in. All right, yeah. I hate it. Yeah, and it, it definitely had an effect on Marco. Like, first off, they just wanted to show how bad homophobia could be in the first place. But then afterwards, Marco says, like, I'm just not going to be anything, right, the next day, which doesn't really last long. So him saying that didn't really amount to much. But it does really show, like, how defeated he was from not only being bullied by Spinner, but then also literally getting attacked for just being himself. I kind of wish that Spinner was with Marco during that scene. I don't know. I don't know like how he would have reacted. Like, I don't know what it would have been like, but part of me kind of wishes, because then you see later when Marco's like, you're just as bad as they are. He like still can't rationalize it. He's like, I would never beat you up. I would just be awful to you all the time instead. Like, (laughs) come on. Yeah, yeah. That's the other thing with the whole hate crime is that they wanted to show how Spinner was on the same level. And I actually wanted to show that scene with um, Marco and Spinner in the bathroom. All right, good choice. Hey, Marco. I always knew you and Dylan were meant for each other. What? (laughs) 
No, huh? You didn't tell anybody my secret did you spin. I don't need this. Man, all I did was tell you the truth. I never asked you to. And just like I didn't ask to be gay. Or you didn't ask to like Paige, or Craig didn't ask to like Ash. It's not the same. No. You get it easy. Then stop being gay. All right, Spin, I'm just gonna go do that. Well, why not? It's not like you've actually done anything yet. Not that I need to know. Spin. And nobody else needs to know either. I mean, you can try dating Hazel, for real. Why not? Even strangers know, Spin. And last night wasn't about my shoes. Those guys, they knew. And they bashed me because they hate it. Just like you do. Dude, that's brutal, but you can't compare me to those guys. Really? Why not? Yeah, so I just think the when Marco says really, why not? I thought I just thought that was really powerful just to kind of show how you don't need to beat someone up to be homophobic and an awful person. It kind of reminds me of when Adam is talking to Becky in season 12, where Adam says to Becky, what you're saying is what makes people feel valid in actually beating me up. So you're just as bad as them. So it's essentially the same thing that Marco was saying to Spinner. Like, even if you're not physically hurting me, you're making it okay for other people to hurt me. I honestly don't know how Marco stays or wants to be friends with Spinner after this, like at all. It is just mind blowing to me that he's so naive and I meant to ask you, do you feel like Spinner is the best character to be doing this? Or do you feel like they should have pulled in a random character to do this and then kind of like get rid of them after? Because I feel like it just sits in the back of my mind how awful Spinner was to Marco. And like, I just, I don't know. I don't let it go. And I don't know if that like taints his character or not. Because I don't know how much he actually grows like from it. Well, I do think Spinner was a good choice rather than just a one-off character because it shows how even people who you're close to and even characters who we as the audience are connected to could still be awful people. And I think that's really important, especially like even your family members could be really awful to you. So it's just kind of showing how that could actually happen in real life rather than just like someone who comes into your life as awful then disappears. Yeah, that's okay. Good point. Good point. Yeah. And then it also kind of starts Spinner's descent, which culminates in season four. So you could kind of see Spinner is capable of being a bully and an awful person, which is very relevant next season. Yes. Okay. That's a good point. I guess Spinner is the better character to pick to do this. Yeah. I do like how Spinner does kind of have some redemption. Like, it is kind of a bit like a switch is flipped. Like, he's pretty awful until the sleepover episode when Marco says he's not cute. 
And then the pretty much next time we see Spinner and Marco interacting, Spinner is trying to set Marco and Dylan up. Yeah, okay. I'll I'll give him that. I guess that is his kind of way to like apologize is to set him up with the only other gay person he knows. <laughs> well, also he knows Marco has a huge crush. <laughs> fair, fair. He was doing a favor. Okay. Do you want to talk about like Marco and Dylan's date? I just wanted to go more into first just Spinner's redemption, I guess, because I do like, like, I don't hold Spinner's homophobia too much against him because he does make it up to Marco, like not even in this season, but in their friendship in seasons afterwards. So while being homophobic is an awful thing, if you could grow from it, I don't think we should necessarily, I guess it depends on the person, but I personally wouldn't be like, oh, you were homophobic, but you've grown, so I'm going to still hate you for it, you know? You're such a kinder person. (laughs) Okay, if you can learn to forgive him, I guess I can try. (laughs) Well, I guess for, in terms of, like, moving society forward, if we don't really accept that people are capable of change and changing their opinions, then what's the point in asking people to change in the first place, you know? Damn, Jasper, getting deep. <laughs> but you're not wrong. Yeah, I know. It's it's tough. It's just like, I, I don't know. It's hard because Spinner is supposed to be Marco's good friend. And it's hard to watch a good friend treat someone with just so much hate and him being like why can't you just put it away like you haven't even done anything anyway it's like dude you really just don't know how this works so I do I do like how I think I've talked about this before how Degrassi doesn't let you be homophobic or transphobic and still be a good person yes yeah you said that about Becky yeah so like Spinner had to get past it and become supportive of Marco or otherwise he wouldn't have been a good character that we could root for because you can't be a good person and be homophobic like those are mutually exclusive so I like how that's a consistent message that Degrassi sends yeah because sometimes they get the message like they send out the wrong message so I am glad that they do this the right way but then Going into the Dylan thing, like I did like how Spinner helped Marco out with that. Like I thought that was very nice of him. And like he wasn't just doing it to like make up for it. He did it because he knew Marco was his friend and needed some guidance (laughs) in asking a guy out. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that was kind of a big step for him too to help him out with that. Mm -hmm. He goes from like, can you just not be gay at all to all right if you're gonna be gay let me help you then because you are not doing well (laughs) yeah (laughs) and like honestly Marco and Dylan's date is so cute like that episode is really cute like it's so cute I love it yeah like even before the date like their few interactions are pretty cute we already talked about like the hockey jersey thing and then I think there's an episode where like they're at lunch and Marco is like about to talk to Ellie, but then sees Dylan is like, one sec, I'll be right back. (laughs) So like, (laughs) it's kind of cute, like how hard Marco (laughs) has it for Dylan. 
I thought it was so funny when Dylan was obviously asking Marco out to a zombie movie and Marco was like, no, I really like those. (laughs) Dylan was like, uh, okay then, bye. That would be me though. Like, I hate horror movies. I would be like, uh, do you want to see something else? Like a (laughs) rom-com? Oh my god, it was so funny. I was like, Marco, get a clue, man. And then they have like the one other gay character like come out of the woods and like go up to Dylan. And then they were like, no, don't let that happen. (laughs) Yeah. But then the date itself was pretty cute. Like, I agree with Dylan that the hat was awful, but maybe he didn't have to say that. (laughs) That was a little mean. (laughs) I was like, all right, I don't think I would be super pumped if some guy was like wow your shirt sucks I'd be like you know (laughs) I don't know this but okay and then of course it gets ruined by Marco's parents yeah because this is the first time we're meeting his parents too wait yes is it I don't think they show up in the hate crime episode okay okay yeah yeah I think you're right sorry I'm like overlapping with season four with the election (laughs) yes okay so this is the first time we're meeting them I feel like this would be something that would happen to me I would be on a date and my parents would be there so I was like oh my god this is so cringy I totally feel for Marco (laughs) yeah especially when his dad started being so awful like it did feel a little heavy-handed with like oh, they they have a gay waiter and Marco's dad is going <laughs> to be awful to him. But I, it was good setup for next season. Yeah, I think it also shined a light into why Marco was so hesitant about coming out too. Because yeah. it wasn't even just like the people at school. Now you realize, oh my God, his parents, well, at least his father is just kind of like, I don't know, just not great with yeah, that. Just- Yeah, he's just casually homophobic. Yeah, which is, like, I don't know. At at that time period, I feel like that was more common than not, unfortunately. So, like, sure, we'll throw it in there. But I don't know. Dylan handled it, like, pretty well by just leaving. And I also thought that he was, like, not going to call Marco back. But then when he was saying, I left because I knew you were uncomfortable, I was like, Dylan. You should have texted him after. (laughs) (laughs) True. Because I was like, oh, this is done. Like, I don't know what I would have done if I was in that situation. I would have left, but but I guess it was good that he didn't blame Marco for his parents being so, or his dad being so bad. Yeah, and that changes the next season, which I will have many thoughts about. But for now, I thought the end of that episode where they kiss I thought that was a super great scene. Like it was super cute for one thing, but it was also a great full circle moment because I don't know if you realized, but that was the same alley behind the dot where Marco came out to Spinner. So it was the same place. Wow, that totally is. Wow, okay, good catch. Yeah, so it's just like a great full circle moment to see like how far Marco has come from like the last time he was there in the alley. Like he was afraid to tell anyone he was trying to pretend again and now he's being out and proud and kissing his new boyfriend so I thought that was just like a really great character arc for the season and a good way to frame it yeah wow Marco came a long way since the first first episode of the season 
I guess my last thing, or at least like one of my last thoughts for Marco is, do you feel like they should have given him more substance than just kind of like going through being gay? Or do you feel like this was like an important setup for him like later on? Because I don't know how, like, I feel like a lot of his character is just like him being the gay character, but I don't know. Like, I kind of wish they did a little bit more outside of it with him. Yeah, for sure. Most of Marco's plots are about being gay and like dealing with coming out to like himself and his, then the school, then his parents and whatnot. But I do think for one thing, it's important, especially this was like 2003. So it was important just to have a gay main character in the first place going through these things. Cause like Marco's storylines is why now we could have like whole shows about being gay and have it be like completely normal which is super awesome. Like Marco walked so 2021 could run type of thing. So true, so true. Okay, I, I, I like that. But even then, even though most of his plots are about being gay, Marco is like always around as a supporting character. So like we know things about him besides just that he's gay. We know that he's like a good friend, that he's like into theater. Later on, he's the school president and such. So I don't mind it too much just because he is always around and we do know a lot about who he is outside of just being the gay character. Okay, good points. I wanted your opinion on it. It's definitely a problem that Degrassi has that they kind of just keep the LGBT characters and just give them those types of plots. Like it happens with Riley, it happens with Adam, but the representation I feel outweighs like just that if that makes sense yes yeah yeah because you're right Marco does have a life outside of just being the gay character mm-hmm. good points but yeah Marco I'd say is my favorite of the season I don't know Manny <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I guess this is our wrap-up of season three. We're going to get into season four soon, but what are your final thoughts on season three? Oh, okay. So season three definitely beats season one and two for me. I know I'm going to keep saying this as we go up, but eventually I'm going to hit a season that was not as good. (laughs) It just like had the drama I wanted. It didn't have Ashley as much as I wanted. Like it was (laughs) Marco had his own, like Ellie had her own. It just really developed a lot of characters in a really good way it gave us a break for Paige to kind of have like a normal high school year all in all great I think the only character we really have to say goodbye to is Terry but yeah I think that overall it was really interesting it was like a good season to watch and I feel like if we started here I would have had no complaints (laughs) honestly there wasn't really a dull moment this season like even the like silly plots or like the one-off plots like the the liberty thing those were even like at least entertaining yes and they had like the breakfast club episode I don't think they had any like cringy plots where I'm like you know like the usual something along the lines of like penis pump uh what dream JT's what dream was in the season always wet dream yeah all right I take it back there's always something never mind but 
I don't know. I thought it was good. What it, What is your ranking? Do you feel like it was better than two and one? Yeah, for sure. What I'm conflicted about is whether I like season three or four more, but we could talk about that later. Yeah, it's on I feel like we're going to like them for different reasons because mm-hmm. season four is insane and I'm so excited to talk about it. Yeah, I feel like regardless of what we think, season four is probably the most iconic season for like the general public. Yeah, absolutely. So it'll be super interesting to talk about that and watch through it then. You know what's fun too? I recommend everybody go and rewatch Drake's music video of I'm Upset. It just like makes me so happy to watch all those Degrassi characters together. And it's just like all these characters from these seasons and Terry's in it. Like just go rewatch it. It's fun. It's a good time. Yes. I'm sure everyone who listens to the podcast has already listened to it, but it always worth always worth a rewatch. <laughs> I watch it like once a week. <laughs> but yeah, so we'll see you soon for season four. Thanks for listening and we'll see you soon.